Greetings, Earthlings. I'm Robolod. I'm from Mars, and I eat all kinds of candy bars. <gasps> what is this? Some Earth fruit? Mmm, it is good. Mmm, it's better than good. It's yummy and not bad. Oh, wait till I tell the other Martians about this. By only eating candy bars, we don't know what we miss. So my buddy John, as we talked about, is a big lawyer, and he just lost a really tough case. Um, there was a guy in a work accident. He handles wrongful death and, and dismemberment type things. You know, fun stuff. The guy lost a leg. You know, well, he was in an accident. They were going to have to amputate a leg. Uh, they cut off the wrong leg. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, the guy had to have the procedure to cut off the other leg. So John, you know, took the guy's case. It went to case. You know, it got dismissed. They didn't. They didn't even get to go to trial. Wow! What happened? Didn't have a leg to stand on. Hi, welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Joe. <laughs> I'm Jacques. And that was a joke. <laughs> uh, was it? Was it really? Uh, if you tell a joke and nobody laughs, is it really a joke? <laughs> uh, so uh, this is a this is a a big uh, a big podcast for us because um, we made it through another week without like our significant others putting pillows over our face in the middle of the night. No one would blame them. Again, case would get dismissed. We wouldn't have a link. To we got a lot to talk about. Uh, we went to the drive-in movie last night. You know, both families, a lot of fun. Yeah, we got to see a double feature at uh, one of the drive-ins locally. Locally, an hour half away with the traffic. Yeah, you know, it's fun. Um, it was also the coldest night of the uh, season. And, you know, but it's worth it to go through that to see these big blockbuster modern-day uh, um, uh, movies. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, everybody was... I think there were cars lining up around the block to see these two juggernaut <laughs> movies. Uh, one was The Goonies. The other was Back to the Future. Um, and then that was on one screen. And yeah. on the other screen, they're playing Jaws and Jurassic Park. And um, and so I took my dream squashers. Joe had the whole family clan. It was it was great. We'll talk about that more a little bit later. But uh, Sunday, I'm going back to see Jaws and uh, and Jurassic Park. And another fun aspect is that uh, part of the attraction was at the snack stand. They had set up vehicles from the movie Jurassic Park and the Time Machine DeLorean from Back to the Future, along with uh, wax models of Doc Brown. And Marty McFly. And? Uh, what? Einstein. Oh, yeah. yeah he was in the car. There you go. That's right. And you got to sat down. You got to sit down and pose with props. You got to hold either the hoverboard or Marty's skateboard or the remote control to the DeLorean. And it was just a great or, time. Or the video camera. Right. Or I the JVC with. video camera. And, uh, and it was all for a good cause, too. So, uh, you know, we, ha- we haven't done the... the you know, begging for love and affection at the beginning of a show in a while. So I will put it out there that we are going to post some pictures from the evening there. Uh, I'm going to post a video of Joe dancing on Twitter if he doesn't post it on the show webpage itself. Uh, 
But seriously, uh, anybody who's been listening, you know, thank you. And if this show isn't the worst one you've ever heard, put it on your Facebook page, put it on your Twitter, put it on your Instagram, and uh, ask one friend to listen and like and write a review. Um, and enough sale with plugs. Let's get right into uh, into a tough week for Texas. Yes. Uh, there was... Um... It was, uh, this is probably what, the worst national disaster? Is it, oh, Katrina was up. I think Katrina's number one. It was, was it? No, well, I mean, it's hard to rank. J- yeah, j- well, jumping ahead a little bit. Oh, or, I'm sorry. Or, no, 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 no. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But it's like, it was a, a they called it a 500 year storm. Now, you're smarter than me, Joe. When you hear 500 year storm, what does that mean? Uh, it, 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 it evokes the, visual imagery of the biblical flood or, or that this storm like this would only happen once every 500 years that's probably the right answer now how many of these 500 year once in a lifetime storm of the centuries have we had in the past decade right well you know the decades only um only seven years in right but when you go back and you talk about Katrina and stuff like that from the 2000s on basically the whole global warming thing, and people don't understand. It's like, yes, a half a degree rise in temperature has castigating effects. What we all know about the polar caps melting, but having two friends in this field, both of them, one of them a doctorate at the University of Maryland, our friend Ross, and, and our friend Hafen in Sweden, uh, both atmospheric chemists, meteorologists, and they talk about the rise in, in sea level, the rise in water temperature completely changes the dynamic of of storms and the veracity. And this is stuff that they've been telling, you know, me, I've known Russ since the 80s and stuff like that. Why haven't you been sharing this with the president? <laughs> well, we'll get to that, you know, because it's science. Oh, right. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the term? What's the term? Fake news. Oh, I'm it, sorry. Yeah, right. It, it is fake news. But people don't understand. It's like, yes, global warming isn't just the polar caps rise, the polar caps melting, which water rises, which means eroding coastline. It also means that these storms are more ferocious and more, uh, you know, they occur on a more regular, regular basis. Level. So, you know, Al Gore, who did The Inconvenient Truth, and now, you know, a decade later, it's The Inconvenient Sequel documenting it's like look this isn't a 10 year span we said he's just trying to sell movies oh he is he's all such a but yeah whore. It's, it's just it's a 10 year span but saying. but when you look at the the rise of storms in this time period and the ferociousness of them it's he's always had a hurricane season which you know it's like if you live in a place called hurricane alley um move yeah maybe it's just you know it's just one of those things but then again you know you live there you're going to get hurricanes you know people when i moved to california my mom was like oh there's going to be an earthquake there's going to be an earthquake and there were several but it was after the big one in 94 95 that i moved out there and we had they were on a regular basis where they didn't freak you out but there wasn't a major one but you don't move because of that you don't see everybody fleeing japan because of godzilla you don't see everybody if a joke, <laughs> if you tell a joke and a tree doesn't fall or something. Right. So, yeah, speaking of falling trees, uh, Hurricane Harvey, um, I don't know how deep you want to get into Harvey's response, the response to Harvey. Let's start with the good. Okay. The response to Harvey. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Let's start with the good. The response to Harvey, aside from 
the president of the United States. Right. So the local citizens, you know, lining up around the block to volunteer to help with, uh, you know, shelters and, and, and putting down sandbags or whatever, uh, and then just recovery. I mean, it's just, it's awful. Um, you know, luckily, uh, somebody was able to get to Joel Osteen before he was able to, like, you know, fly out of the country and abandon his church for a I'm co- sorry. Who is Joel Osteen? Joel Osteen is the pastor of the Lakewood Church. He's a mega church televangelist. He actually has uh, you know millions of followers. And, and and for those who don't know what a mega church is, it's exactly what it sounds like. He gives his weekly sermon where the Houston um, Rockets. Rockets used to play. Their old arena. This is a 20 it's a well for basketball it was 25 it was 20,000 people, 18, 19,000 people stadium. But you know, with with seats on the floor and stuff like that. We're talking, he is talking to a live audience in his building of 20, 25,000 people every week, but it's also broadcast to millions. Yep. And um, so what happened was, of course, if you, unless you were living, if you're... If you're living in Houston, even you have heard about this. You don't have electricity or anything, but you've heard that Joel Osteen's church was closed down the day after the storm had hit because um, they said that there was excessive flooding. And it's great. A couple local guys with their, you know, look, everybody has a device in their pocket that has every piece of information known to man, and it's also its mini-broadcast station. All of us have our own broadcast station. portable television studio. And two people went there, and they're walking around the parking garage, every place that they could get into, there wasn't a drop of water. Yeah, well, they did discover that there was minor flooding in the basement. The sub-basement, right. The sub-basement, right, Uh, which would have, of course, impacted operations into that search you know, I'm sure for the next, you know, month or so that they couldn't make it. Oh, wait, no, it wasn't for the next month. It was the next day they reopened. They right. somehow got a sump pump in there. But they were saying that they were completely flooded out. Now, on the other hand, you think about Houston when, when Katrina happened and they opened the Houston Astrodome and people like people flooded there. You know, people came. They made that a station. Uh, and you hear about. I, I do. I want to focus on some of the good stuff. And you do here. And it was great that it got reported. Like the big, it's not a mega church, obviously, but a very big mosque opened. Oh, yeah, many a, a couple of mosques had opened um, their doors immediately, and they were taking people in. And one, some, I think somebody on in, in, in the internet summed it up best, where Joel Osteen said, uh, "You know, we're not a shelter; we're a church." And then somebody said, basically, "Well, if you're not a shelter, you're not a place of worship." Like that's sort of the comes part and parcel with being a place of worship, you tax evading fuck. The and again, we we, we hate when people generalize, you know, on the other side. So I make an effort not to do that. So I'm not going to say all. I'm not going to say most. But it's a little more disturbing when the "What would Jesus do?" crowd goes out of its way. To do the exact opposite of what would Jesus do when the non-Jesus people act like Jesus would versus the people who wear it on their sleeve who have to tell you about it. You know, how do you know if somebody 
is a born again Christian, Joe. How? They'll tell you. And so you got these guys, and Joel came out saying, uh, well, no one asked us to open the church. Oh, you have to be asked? Right. We, yeah, we didn't get the engraved invitation from the city of Houston. If Houston had, you know, coordinated it and maybe made a donation to the church, right? maybe we would have been able to grease the wheels and get things in motion, get a couple of extra cases of water. Which, by the way, speaking of cases of water, this is I just remembered of this. Uh, there was a local Best Buy that was oh. selling water for forty-two dollars a case, and and I heard, you know, it was, it's like a war profiteering thing. There's, I forget the statue that's, uh, you know, against this. And I heard a libertarian on, on one of the shows I listened to, Tom Hartman, and he was like, "Well, that's just business." No, you know, at the war, I mean, I, I, I look. There's such a thing as call. There is such a thing as price price gouging, and there are regulations against and, it. And there's also a thing called fucking humanity. Now. Let's not let's not go down the negative path too long because when these awful things happen, the good thing is you see with, with Ulsterstein Church, you see the worst in humanity, and then with other people, you see the best. Um, anybody who's listened to podcasts for more than two seconds know I have no life outside the New England Patriots. Um, I'm not a fan of the Houston Texans, and I am a fan of the Houston Texans because I've worked for them three times in the last few years with Anthony. It's halftime. Uh, I got to play a halftime on the field with Billy Joel, which is great. Uh, Billy Ray, rather. Um, but I don't like the team itself. You know, I, I like some people in that organization, expatriates. J.J. Watts is such a douche. He is such a douche. He is... Um, What's the right way to say this? He's their Gronkowski. <laughs> so yes. if he was on our team, I'd probably like him. But he's on that team, so I don't like him. And he's a media whore, and he's this, and he's that. However, however, that fucking guy has stepped up and, and delivered more for the city of Houston than probably anybody to date. How so? Uh, well, he put it out there. He has started an organization. He started fundraising. Instantly. Um, I don't know the exact numbers that he has gotten so far, but we're talking in the tens of millions and no administration cost. He organized right away. He used his money. He used his celebrity. He reached out and he, he personally called players. He personally called teams. He personally called businesses. He put out the calls. You got a number? 13 million? Yeah. And it's, it's, he's, he's trucking in water as we speak. Uh, and that, that is, is where most of the money went so far. That's it, it's bringing water. 13 times as much as Disney had dedicated to the relief efforts of Hurricane Harvey. Disney just, just on... Guardians 2. Let's not talk about anything else but Guardians 2. The 200 million to make brought in 700 million dollars. So they got a little they got a couple spare change to I mean when you're talking that is 0.05% of profits it's year for Disney, but here's JJ Watts putting his money where his mouth is. He is also him and Peyton are are one and one A when it comes to the Papa John like he's the second face to the to that entity he's called him he's brought in some stuff it's one of those things where uh, you know on field stuff i i think he's always been um been an overrated player he's one of those guys he's won like one playoff game and people already have him in the hall of fame and stuff it's going to be hard to root against that guy this year. It's going to be hard to root against the Houston Texans when they're not playing because of just what he's done alone. And then, and then you do. You go down the list. Um, you know, Floyd Mayweather. Uh, 
suppose it he has either already written a check or is pledging he won three hundred million dollars last week and he's pledging two thirds or two hundred million dollars. Here's Floyd Mayweather saying, I'm putting in this. You know, if he puts in a fraction of that, I mean, it's crazy. You know, his net worth is seven million, uh, seven hundred million. So it's like, but it's crazy even for him to come out and say. And if you come out that publicly and say it, he's going to have to, you know, pony up. Well, I just hope that it doesn't go the route of the Katrina funding in 2005 because i mean we all know what happened with fema sort of just giving debit cards to everybody they gave debit cards to homeless people recently homeless people who didn't have a lot to begin with and said here here's your money to build your fucking house and what do they do they took it to the casino yeah it's it's but well that's what like what jj watts is trucking in water yeah. it's not I'm, I'm i'm putting up money to put into this to put into construction yeah <laughs> you know and of course I mean, you know, Captain Obvious here. Hey, I like the Cape. Uh, the, the city is flooded, yet there's nothing to drink. You know, water, water everywhere, not a drop to drink. So that's what I like. But but Mayweather's saying that. And then let's go down the liberal snowflake list of people who have been attacked by the right for protesting, for saying this, who, again, like Joe tweeted out the other day. Um, Sandra Bullock put up a million bucks. but she And then I learned afterward... That she did the same for Katrina. She did the same for other disasters. Like every time there's a disaster, Sandra Bullock is there with a million bucks saying, here. Joe, by the way, shameless plug, is a fun, good follow on Twitter. And he flat out said, it's like, she just matched Disney, period. Disney. Yeah, yeah, I just thought it was atrocious that Disney, oh, we're going to put a million dollars. Okay, great. So the money you'll be making on the new... Star Wars Millennium Falcon Lego set, like eight hundred dollars, uh, right? An eight hundred dollar Lego set. Yeah, the profits from that will pretty much cover the million dollars that you're. Um, yeah, you know, uh, uh, Jesus doesn't like one of my sons and doesn't like one of Joe's sons, and thus they both need EpiPens. And Joe and I decided, you know what? If we four went this school year's EpiPens collectively, we could buy the Millennium Falcon Lego set. Uh, of course, our wives had to step in and tell us that we're horrible fathers. Women, right? Uh, so, so you know, yeah, you have Osterstein on one side. Um, you have J.J. Watts. And again, it's going to be hard to root against that team because of what he did. Nah, it, you'll find a way. I, I will. I will. You know what? You're right. But seriously. Time heals all wounds. Time being a week. But when you... <laughs> well. To Thursday, but but seriously, and then you hear the amazing stories of people just getting in their car and driving there, and getting there, and and physically just showing up in people's houses. I mean, I've heard so many stories. It, it, look, if you can find all the bad stories, and the good stories get buried, but there are so many stories about people going neighborhood to neighborhood. I mean, they're at the point now where they're like, you know, having to gut houses and people re- help. Strangers just showing up to put in full days of work. People with trucks showing up to help haul things out. It's it's horrible. It's going to be horrible for a while. You know, the really the real devastation is probably going to come, and I just say it, with fighting insurance companies for the next 10 years. Yeah, that act of God terminology and all of their policies and defining what an act of God is. Uh, they'll find their ways to weasel it out. And also... Um, 
yeah, like we'll see how FEMA handles this because, you know, um, the recovery efforts are just well, j- just getting started. And this is going to be a months long recovery. You know, the sad thing of the, you're doing a great job, Brownie, yeah. uh, of FEMA and that guy. And, and I hate when history repeats itself. That was a buddy of the then President George Bush who came from the horse breeding world, I believe. His background was not in this. However, he didn't do as bad a job as people said. It, it, again, it was one of those things where you know, it came out that they knew it was going to be worse of a storm and they chose not to evacuate. You know, There was a famous thing where George Bush was saying, oh, if we only knew it was going to be this bad, if we only knew it was going to be this bad, we would have done it. And then months later, a tape circulates. It's a it's a conference, a conference, you know, in in the war room or, or or the crisis room or whatever they call it, where he, the president at the time, George Bush, is being told if it's anything above a level three, these levees will not hold. Now they expected it to be a level three, possibly four. It turned out to be, I think it was a level five. Did they know it was going to be level five? No. But they knew there was a better than 50-50 chance this wasn't going to happen. They had days to get people the F out of Dodge, and they chose not to. And that was always one of the things where – But her known, emails. Right, right. <laughs> well, Benghazi. You know, yeah. Uh, so, that's what I mean. So, so, I mean, that's a scary thing. It's like the biggest buildings in this country are owned by insurance. Whether we want to go down the rabbit hole of an act of God, we're not going to cover your house, or insurance, you know, it's like the companies that say we're pulling out of the ACA because we don't make enough money, and that comes from the lips of a CEO who makes 90-plus million dollars himself. I mean, but that's where the devastation comes in. These people need drinking water today. They need clothes tomorrow they need food now and that's what the people like the jj watts are are really helping with so i don't want it to get lost in the shuffle now flotus who hot was dressed to the nines hot five inch heels modeling hats what are those pumps called? Uh, <laughs> colloquially uh, classic <laughs> um uh <laughs> you know, Thanks. Anyways, I want to whisper that so you know if uh, if my mom's listening, she doesn't even know what we do. Right. The lowest, yeah, she, she has that range of hearing. You know, uh, but yes, was truly modeling Flotus hats that are on their website. They are hawking hats. They flew down there, never met with victims, and and, and that's been so fun to follow. Like all the people showing George Bush Senior, you know, W. Clinton, Obama, when tragedy struck, actually said, I mean, oh, one of my favorite things in the Obama history is I remember Chris Christie giving a speech somewhere at a Republican, you know, thing saying, um, and this was on Jon Stewart, and he showed the clip when Chris Christie got crap from all the Republicans when he basically broke down and was crying, thanking Obama for his reaction to Sandy. And, and here's Chris Christie saying... He said, call him at 2 or 3 in the morning. He said, call him anytime. Call him anytime. I will get on the phone. I called him at 2 o'clock in the morning, and he got on the phone. And all the proactive stuff that he did, 
well, the backstory is like, you know, I remember this from John Stewart. He was showing a clip of uh, Chris Christie talking at uh, a function saying, Obama's walking around a, a darkened room. You're like, his leadership is like walking around a darkened room, fumbling around for the light switch of leadership. <laughs> and, 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 then, and then it showed the clip of Christie in tears, hugging Obama and saying, guess who found the light switch? Nah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like... You know, they didn't just go there for the PR op. They didn't just go there to show, oh, I'm I'm with you people. They went out. They hugged people. They held people. They said, I'm here with you. We will be here with you. Um, POTUS went down there, stood behind a barrier, took credit for two things. That it's just so him. Um, took credit for the size of the storm as if it was an accomplishment. Like, look at how great this storm is. It's huge. No president has ever delivered a storm this huge. Oh, worst impression ever. I, mean, I apologize. I will never do that again. I am sorry. Um, but he, he bragged about the size of it like it was a badge of fucking honor. And then he bragged about the size of the crowd to come and see him brag about the size of the storm. Yeah, what a turnout. What a crowd. Uh, what the hell are you doing outside of Houston? Why aren't you in Houston consoling these people, helping these people, give, being a morale booster at the very fucking least? Uh, but, you know, the I, I'm, I'm going to say it. The comedy that comes out of some of his supporters, and Joe and I were just talking about this, uh, it's a twofold thing that I'm letting Joe take the lead on. Please tell us about the... Uh, the, the Trump supporter who wanted to make sure that the first lady got credit for showing up. Oh, right. So it was reported and tweeted about there was a uh, Donald Trump supporter on Twitter, who I think back in February, but it had since reposted or had since been picked up. She put out a picture of a cardboard sign that says, where was Michelle Obama during Katrina? Shopping. Now, and then there was a picture of a African-American woman. Condoleezza Rice. So couple, that's a multi-tiered fuck-uppery right there. A, uh, Michelle Obama was the wife of a senator uh, who did respond to Katrina. Um, and then B, the Condoleezza Rice is not um, Michelle Obama. So multi-tiered. What? Wait, 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 wait. Have you, do you know this for a fact? Uh, I can't. Have you ever seen them in the same room at the same time? Probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. Right. I'm sure it's worth a Google. So let's not go down the. Let's not assume this person is a racist. Who thinks all black people look alike? Right. Well, the fact that this this obscure person has gotten this much traction from this non-truth is staggering. Because you know we have that reactionary thing about all of us where we don't bother to look for the facts we just want to corroborate the prejudices that are within us now so you know you have the trump supporters that follow her lead and say yeah michelle obama was doing shit on katrina that is the best thing it's not that this woman is it's like i always said uh, you know if it's not the awful things that trump says that upset me it's the crowds that cheer him on. It's not the misinformation that Fox puts out. It's the people who take it at face value and live their lives accordingly. So the fact that this woman put that out and got so many likes and retweets. Yeah, it's disgusting. Um, but it's just indicative of human nature. So, so honestly, um, 
anything that anybody can do, you know, the, the scary thing is making donations to credible places. You, you, you hear the awful stories, you know, but there are people like the Red Cross. This, this is what they do. And every now and then you'll see a 20, 20, 60 minutes about their overhead and their administration cost and how much the CEO gets. But at the end of the day, the, the people who have been there forever do it. I've heard of a, um, an organization called AmeriCares. Uh, they, I guess, are probably like the more higher-rated charitable foundation where most of the money that is donated actually goes towards relief versus overhead costs and promotion and all that That's great. So I check out americares.org if you want to make a donation to Harvey Relief. Of course, the Red Cross is always there. Um, we all remember what happened during 9-11, though. So, or, uh, if, <laughs> but, but, or, you know... Um, They've learned their lesson. Though. But, or, or I, I, you know, I didn't research enough, and I apologize Find out what J.J. Watts' organization is. J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt, yes, yes. Um, help, it helps to know what his last name is first, <laughs> then you can Google it. I, I think if you get the J.J. and then Watt, you're going to get it. It's like, <laughs> hey, you're going to get J.J. Abrams, who I'm assuming is doing stuff I got, as well. I got, uh, it, it just, Siri just spit, spit back out, Dino Might. So I don't know <laughs> what, what the hell that means. Uh, so, yeah. Now, here's like... One of the things that Joe and I talked oh, about. I'm sorry, just yes, to, 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 to recap or to cap off that situation. No pun intended. When, cap when you talk off. about cap, you're talking about the float. I actually you am. Can. Okay, right. So um, the, let's not forget that there is a percentage. Oh, there is a percentage of the floatus cap purchases that will be going towards Harvey Relief. Oh, I'm, I'm quite sure there is. Yeah. Well, zero is a percent, right? Yeah. <laughs> see, see, he put the. You put the worm on the hook, <laughs> threw it way out into the water. I came swimming by, minding my own business. Hey, free worm, you know. And here's the worst part. I just got hook. I got no worm, all hook, awful. Um, that's Trump's America for you. That, that's, that's, that's why you shouldn't do a podcast with somebody that's much smarter than you. Um, anyways, what we talk about a lot is okay here's the big shiny thing look over here the brilliance of, of oh there's a shiny thing where the, the brilliant thing of of trump is uh yeah i said that i said the brilliant thing of trump for the gop is we're all obsessed with his tweets we're all obsessed to the awful thing he's doing now the awful thing he's saying now and a lot of people are falling asleep at the switch and bad shit is going on the worst thing about Trump isn't his tweets, isn't his wife selling hats in the middle of a hurricane. It's who he's putting in position to do damage today, tomorrow, and the next 10 years probably. You know, one of our favorite villains is Betsy DeVos, who, as we all know, is working her way to make uh, the great educational system in America, which isn't that great, a lot worse. She has just appointed the dean from DeVry University – uh, my alma mater, by the way. DeVry University. Hey, how did you get into DeVry? Yo, my son got into DeVry. How? You know, do you, oh, no, the I, family guy? Let's try it again. Oh. My son got into DeVry. I forgot the line, dude. What, did he open the door? Right, see, there you go. Can't you let me have this? Uh, <laughs> but, but DeVry has been sued uh, at this point for hundreds of millions of dollars, much like Trump University, for defrauding students. They settled. They did they, settle. They didn't have their day in court. Oh, wait, are we talking DeVry or are we talking Trump University? Can't it be both? It is both because they both settled out of court for large sums of money for making promises, for not delivering, for frauding students. Well, luckily, the dean of DeVry, Betsy DeVos, just appointed, you ready? Wait for it, to be the head of the educational branch that investigates 
fraud in the <laughs> system. That yeah. was a spit take. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's 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 the stuff that no one is taking, you know, seriously. Uh, Sessions is having the woman who laughed at him when when he was having his confirmation hearing and he spouts how great he's been on race issues and a woman from the gallery laughed who was then arrested for it, who was then tried for it. Lock her up. Lock, Lock her, her up. up. Who is now being retried for it. And with all the shit that's going on, Jeff Sessions is still, A, prosecuting over 200 protesters from the inauguration. Which, here's the crazy thing. It was the biggest inauguration ever. There were so many people there. How were they able to even spot the few protesters? Right. But yet 200... 200- I mean, it's not like looking for a black person at a Knicks game. <laughs> Uh, what am I, shock? YouTube that. <laughs> YouTube that. Or or Smeggle. Uh, Smeggle? Smeggle. I think I got to the doctor and got rid of that. Oh. Hey-o. Um, I'm not good with names and pronunciation and words and speaking in life. <laughs> but he, uh, but seriously, Sessions is prosecuting these people to, wait for the cliche, fullest extent of the law. Hey-o. I mean, refuses to investigate this. So his war... On on weed and his war on protesters. I'm sorry, his war on snowflake protesters. Uh, I I don't believe any any of these people from Charlottesville or, or no, the one guy who shot his gun into the crowd that people had footage of. The two weeks later, I don't know if you saw this. No. Yeah, you know, here it is. You know, Confederate draped guy takes out his gun and shoots it just. Points at the crowd as they're running away and shooting as he's running back at the crowd of protesters. Uh, and it made its round on social media. And did after, he miss? He did. Luckily. Oh, so you, you thank God he was a stormtrooper. But, <laughs> but after two weeks, yeah, the police finally had to go and do something like the rest of the. I mean, it's just you're really you're pro te- you're you're. You're prosecuting somebody who laughed at your session, at your confirmation hearing. But that's the kind of stuff that that's why the GOP is not devouring him. They're they're not dis- they're 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 distancing himself here and there. They'll say, you know, it's like uh, the president is new at this, or well, he could have handled it better. Or, well, I disagree with him on this, but nobody's going out of their way to. Uh, to 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 really disavow him uh, because he is distracting from the awfulness that they're really getting done while we're working at the shiny thing over there. Yeah, but this is all normal, so whatever. It is, um, you know. So so ah, nothing but go. yucks on this podcast. You, you know what? We need we need like a train whistle. We need sound. Where's that sound effect? Machine? I don't know where the sound effect oh, machine those is. Freaking kids. Yeah, exactly. The uh, little dream squashes, the yeah. hope dashers. <laughs> uh, I could have been somebody. Right. That's that's not true. <laughs> but uh, okay. But we got bigger fish to fry this week. Mm, fish. I'm now doing a podcast with Homer Simpson. <laughs> Floor pie. <laughs> I know I shouldn't eat thee. Anyways, uh, what, bigger fish to fry. So uh, Thursday, Joe. Life yeah, back to school. Anew. Back to uh, school. Oh, no, 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 something different. Uh, Patriots, game one, season starts. I'm psyched about it. Yeah, I, you can tell. Um, I think we're going to do, uh, I know everyone out there is going to love this, especially, you know, my friends like Biff, that we're going to do a whole sideshow for the Pats this week. And I think you mispronounced Super Bowl champion New England Patriots. I did, I did mispronounce 
defending Super Bowl champion. And they'll be the Super Bowl champions until at least the next Super Bowl. Which, you know, we'll get to that. You're jumping ahead. <laughs> You're jumping ahead. Hey, fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So the NFL season starts. They talk around the NFL, not New England, not Patriots Nation, NFL Network, ESPN, that kind of stuff. This is the season that the Pats pushed all the chips in for a couple reasons. Um, there's NFL laws that say you have to spend X amount of money, and they were the last few years at, at a point where they, they were underspending what they had to. And, and as a Pat fan, there's been so many times when we've been upset that they've been so much under the cap. You hear about other teams struggling. Somebody goes down, can they afford to bring somebody in because they don't have cap room and stuff like that? It's like, why? Why aren't you spending everything you can? You have a window of opportunity. You have a window. You and again, you look at the teams, you know, like San Francisco since you know Young left in Montana. You look at what happened with, you know, the Bills and Miami since they lost Marino and Kelly. It's like that's gonna happen. That was us before. Yep. That's going to be us again. While, Don't say that, man. While you have the goat. And by goat, I mean Bill Belichick. Goats, I should say. Right. Bill Belichick and Brady. You get everything. But this is a season they went all in. They truly they they went out and they traded their first round draft pick for a stud wide receiver. Um they brought in they they brought in uh, a stud quarterback from Buffalo. They brought in a stud running back from Buffalo. You know, Buffalo's just just they're playing for the net. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, but but they went out and they got big players. They spent money. They uh, gave contracts to players. And the talk around the league was: Are they going for nineteen and zero? Are they going to avenge the two thousand seven season? And you go down the roster, and it's like, you know, they got to start the season. They got a healthy Gronk. They got a healthy this. They got health. You know, it, that was the talk. They're avenging the two thousand. Their successful two thousand seventeen well, season. We live in a world. In a where, world <laughs> where going uh, and there was there were so many t-shirts sold and so many of my uh, Steeler friends and other friends like to. They'll, I'll just get tweets randomly. Eighteen and one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and people don't count the fact that well, the Miami Dolphins. What was it? A seventy-four. The only undefeated team. Uh, note. Note. Sixteen and zero. They they fourteen and zero. They, yeah, they played a they played a fourteen game season in a two game playoff thing. So yeah. they went sixteen and zero. So the fact that and and in that run of sixteen and zero, congratulations to them. That's great. Uh, they only played three to four teams that year. With winning records, yeah, the way the way their schedule worked out, the Patriots won eighteen games. They, you know, they played three rounds of the playoffs. But they're playing sissy Mary football with all their protect the quarterback rules. Back in the old days, they had, yeah, yeah. And back in their day, (laughs) they had football, man. Where you could smash helmets and you can kick people in the face, and it didn't matter. There were no rules, baby. Right, right. but but you can't. Yes, yes, rules were different. Like you, you know, quarterbacks took more beating. You can go. Go down that, but at the same time, uh, you, when you look in 1986, the refrigerator Perry was huge. He was a giant. He was a man amongst boys. And now you look at the size of the players; he's small, like like Scary. like like frightening. So, and and not only are players bigger, they're faster, like much faster. When you see, you know, line when you see like linemen and stuff, and in, in, in the in 
the shape that these guys were in. Even Vince Wilfork, like, you know, there was so many things. Like, he recovered a fumble like a few years ago, and there's nothing f- more fun than watching a fat guy <laughs> waddle down the field with a ball. Right. But truly, these guys are athletes, and the training that they get, and the diets that they get, and the coaching that they get. In in all sports, you know, it's all I'm thinking about now that you mentioned Vince Wolf fork fumbling, uh, going after a ball, is I want to find footage of it, and I know I can't post it because it's against NFL regulations, but I want to find footage of Vince Wilfork fumbling for a football with the uh, "What's Happening" theme underneath. <laughs> Unless you people see that on Joe's Twitter within the next week, <laughs> this is officially the last Carnival Personnel podcast. Uh, Joe, don't take this the wrong way. You've never had a better idea <laughs> in your 40 years on this planet. Hey, <laughs> I'm not really 40 years old, am I? Joe, am you've I? never had a better <laughs> oh, idea. No, no that, that is brilliant. So... You know, so I'm gonna I'm gonna you know wrap up the Pat thing because uh, we're gonna Thank do a podcast. I w- I'm speaking for the audience. I will say, uh, Julian Edelman going down is huge, absolutely huge. Um, that is that is if Brady has a safety net, it's Edelman, and he's always had that. Like you know, before Edelman, it was Welker. Before Welker, you know, it was you, you had a, a bunch of people like Corey Dale, and you can you know put the people in there. He's always had that, you know. Three to five yard, absolutely great, dependable hands. You can get the ball out in under two seconds and and keep momentum going. This year it'll be Matt Hogan, and you know, yeah, you know, Amendola will have a stellar, you know, time. You know, here's the uh, the Vegas line did move. They they did move slightly, you know, uh, on the over under of games when Jules went down, which is funny to think, like, you know, how much a five eight, you know, receiver who's not, you know, who's not a big, you know, track and field speed down the field guy, but he is always the the dependable slot receiver. Um, you know, the line didn't move as much when Gronk went down a couple years ago. So what are your predictions for this season? Just to sum it up. 13 and 0. Oh, I'm sorry. Thir- wow. 13 and 3. Thir- <laughs> yes, you're going to stop at week 13. Right. Uh, and, and that's when we're going to go to war with North Korea. Right. That's when the end of the world, end of the world. When do you predict we'll be blown to smithereens? Uh, I'm when gonna- do you predict we'll be Alderaan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, every day I roll over and I look at, you know, I turn on the phone and I look at the news. Did we die? I, right. you know, I want to see the update from the BBC News. Yeah. Are we uh, dead? Because they're six hours ahead. Right, right. Syria, are we dead? <laughs> yeah. Is this real life? Um, and uh, uh, What about your predictions for Super Bowl? The Pats. Oh, uh, obviously. And who are they playing in the Super Bowl? You know. Ditka? If, I, <laughs> if Belichick were, uh, <laughs> who would win in a Super Bowl? The Patriots or a hurricane? What? Who's who's coaching? But the name of the hurricane is Hurricane Belichick. (laughs) Who wins? You don't know what I'm doing, Bill Swirsky? No, no, no. no. I'm I'm actually trying to answer a rhetorical (laughs) question. I'm actually trying to think what the overrun, would I play the spread with that? Would I take the points? Uh, Then you you have to think, okay, if it's hurricane, if it's a hurricane, um, they also have to rely on the FEMA response. <laughs> so you have to take into consideration. I'm going to say, I hate to say it because uh, I want the Dallas Cowboys to never win a playoff game and they'd have to win two playoff games to get to the Super Bowl. I think the easy pick is the Falcons. I think the fun pick is Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but I'm going to say the Patriots beat the Dallas Cowboys. I'll put it out there. Uh, it's Super Bowl 52. That would that would be my guess. Okay. 
Uh, but but hey, everybody, everybody listening to this tonight or whenever you're listening to it this Thursday, we're going to do a full Patriot rundown of the season. We'll do an NFL rundown. We'll do a Patriots. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> who, who am I kidding? Uh, but you know what? Uh, again, oh, actually, before we get to the fake sponsor of the week, Joe. Oh, what happened? So, you know what? People, people, when we started the podcast, couldn't believe we had sponsors. They couldn't believe that we got Bernie Sanders in here to do at reads for a podcast that just started. But hey, haven't heard back from his office since. But okay, hey, but, you know, but his office has heard from me. Uh, <laughs> but we we have we've got a slew of great defunct sponsors. Um, every time we get a great defunct sponsor, um, you know, Joe's nice enough to work with their people to allow us to post online their commercials or whatever. Last week, Teddy Ruxman people ponied up big bucks as last week's defunct sponsor of the week. They obviously had ulterior motives, knowing full well that the week after our defunct sponsor spot ran, that they would actually bring back Teddy Ruxman to toy toy store shelves. Everywhere. Yeah, I think everywhere. Yeah, you posted a picture of one. Yeah. Which I, means that they're flying off the shelves because that was one of 20, apparently. At, 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 I was at a Target. Just days after Teddy Ruxman people ponied up the box, I saw it on the shelf. And you know what? I don't I don't I don't wanna pull a muscle patting ourselves on the back. Right. But uh kudos to the car- carnival personnel bump. Yes, the CP bump. So uh so hopefully this week's defunct sponsor has the same success that Teddy Ruxman people have, but hey, who knows? You bet. And uh let's see who this week's defunct sponsor uh is. It's the Jerry Lewis Extra Special Special. Forget the dishes, Mother. The telethon is on. It's an extra special special. Don't turn in. Tune in, Jerry. Labor Day weekend from Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, Broadway, Nashville, Hollywood, and from Jerry. Jerry Lewis and the Extra Special Special. Tonight. So uh, let's move on. Uh, so we said at the beginning of the show, drive-ins. Uh, I grew up in Wilmington. Little, little bragging, little shout-out to Wilmington. Um, there was a drive-in just a few miles from us in Pinehurst, uh, Bill Ricca. We spent every other weekend there through my entire childhood. So I've always had a, a love for drive-ins. Uh, and this is before drive-ins were, you know, I was old enough to go to the drive-in for making out with the ladies. Uh, that was really bad. Can we, can we get rid of that? No. Can we get rid of me? I'm amplifying it. <laughs> but, but I've always loved drive-ins, you know? I mean, um, it's, uh, it's my love affair with dinosaurs, basically. There's a drive-in an hour plus away, or an hour away with no traffic. It took me less about an hour to get home, but it took an hour and a half in Menden. Uh, Massachusetts, and they had a retro weekend, or they are in the midst of a retro weekend. If you're listening to this in the greater Massachusetts area, uh, Sunday night and Monday, they will still be having Back to the Future and Goonies on one screen, Jaws, and... What? Oh, um, Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park yeah. In, well, the by other. the time this posts, it'll be Labor Day. So we're posting this on Labor Day. And, you know, uh, this is so today's the last day that you can Today. go. Just get in your fucking car. Drive just drive. Mendon, just drive. Just go. Just go. It's worth it. When, when the sun go down, then the movies go up and a good time is had by all. And we actually talked about this at the top of the podcast. So we're not going to retread it. But do you want to actually talk about the meat of the two movies? I do. I like it. 
Joe's Joe's uh, supervising uh, manager was shocked in a gas. I'm gonna say gas. She right. was a gas. Right. I, I think I think you gave her a case of the vapors. <laughs> if I do say so myself, I do declare. Uh, I I I 1985. I. Was trying to think, how did I not see the Goonies? But uh, so, so staying focused on that, it was great. It, it was a great. It was fun. It was a, it was a fun movie. It was a. It, I grew up watching the Goonies. I didn't have cable growing up, so I would wait until it came on NBC or something. You know, three years later, edited down a little watered, a little watered down. But it didn't stop me from with my VCR and blank tapes recording it off the air, and then like a mental patient. Watching it over and over as if it were like, you know, the Torah that I was studying for Hebrew school. <laughs> um, but it was part of my childhood growing up because, you know, I think when the movie came out, I was I was eight years old. So by the time I saw it, I was like 11 because it was like three years later. Like, I think I first saw it in 88. Um, and it was like, oh, wow, all these kids um, have to save their town by going on a treasure hunt. And um, and it's not just any old treasure hunt. It's like a pirate treasure hunt. And there could be a pirate ship with pirate booty. And uh, you had these bad guys chasing them. The, the throw mama from the train woman. Throw, Looker. Uh, yes, right. Easy on the eyes. Gibbs. <laughs> Said, Said no one. <laughs> uh, and, of course, we were introduced to uh, the long-lost Fratelli, uh, Sloth Fratelli. Um, I don't forget who played Sloth in the movie. Uh, I, I'm blanking on his name, but I will tell you, ex-football player for the Oakland Raiders. Yeah, I knew he was a football player. And, uh, you know, for a long time... Jacked. I, that guy was jacked. As a dumb kid, I, I thought, wow, they got that really deformed person to finally land a role in the movie. It was the mo role he was born to play. <laughs> uh, little did I know, of course, that was uh, optical effects, but... Or practical no, effects. No one ruin a mask for him, please. <laughs> right. Um, but, uh, no, it was just so great. I Directed by Richard Donner, uh, you know, of Superman fame and other movie fame. Um, and it was just so... Watching it again as an adult, it reminded me, like, uh, this was the Stranger Things of the day. Like, there was definitely a Barb character in there. Right. Martha Plimpton's character uh, was sort of the Barb, the kind of, like... She's prettier in her own way, kind of, you know. I'll tell you, anybody out there who likes mystery science theater, but it's too funny and moves too fast and is too smart for you, watch a movie with Joe and I, because yeah. we mystery science this, and it was, it was a lot of fun uh, doing that. The funny thing is, I knew nothing about Goonies except, yeah, I guess it was big in its day. I didn't know it was the number one film that came out in 1985. Right. Uh, just by a uh, little sidebar here, I'm, I'm on IMDb on my phone and I'm looking up the cast. So Jeff Cohen was the kid who played the, the fat kid, uh, Chunk, um, who did the Truffle Shuffle. Here's him now, Jacques. There's hope to be had. Well, it's the same thing. The kid, um, uh, Jerry, uh, uh, yeah. Jerry, Jerry um, O'Donnell, the fat kid from Stand By Who was so good looking, he was able to take Uncle Jesse's wife from him. Right. You know, you knew that, right? Yes, Rebecca Moraine, Romaine. Yeah. So, so I, I know that most of my wardrobe comes from uh, comic book stores and online comic book shops, and it's a superhero stuff and Star Trek, Star Wars stuff. Ladies, I'm taking. And uh, but every time you go to a place like Target. There will be a wall of Star Trek stuff, or Star Wars stuff, sorry. There should be a wall of Star Trek stuff, another podcast. <laughs> um, your Batman stuff, your Superman. And then they have 
retro band t-shirts, like lots of Pink Floyd and stuff like that. Great, funny, funny t-shirts. But then when you see the movie t-shirts, it's always Back to the Future. It's always Goonies. Like if you go to Target right now, there will I guarantee you in in the bin in the men's section, there will be a, a Goonies. There will and, be and men's is in quotes. Uh, <laughs> there will be uh, in the there'll be Sandlot, Goonies, Back to the Future, Star Wars, and those are staples for them. And I've always been like, and yeah, you'll see a, a Breakfast Club, you'll see other things, but there's always Goonies. I never really got it. Uh, and again, you know, Joe's management was aghast. Uh, vapors, did you say? Yeah, what? she got the vapors. She got the She's vapors. recovering now. If you want to give to the vapors relief fund. <laughs> it's changing watch raising money for her. <laughs> I wish. Uh, but it was crazy. Um, and, and so I, I spent this morning scrolling through. I Wikipedia, like the movies of 1985. And I was trying to think. It's like, okay. I was playing tons of hockey, doing tons of traveling, doing hockey, getting my face punched in by real good hockey players all over the uh, greater northeast and uh, northeast United States and southeast Canada in the time. But I did. I was always a movie guy. Uh, it shocked me to see the other movies that came out that year. That like Breakfast Club was like number five grossing, which is a staple. Um, By the way, I've not seen all of Breakfast Club beginning to end. Thank you. It's it's and that's another Here, one. Oh, by the way, here's my '80s card. You can take <laughs> I, it. I can take that back. Uh, the one that Joe does love, that I love, that was like the 48th grossing movie. It's like Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, if you take two seconds, or take, no, take 10 minutes, go down the list of like the top 100 grossing movies. There's 25, 30 movies that you, at one point, everybody listening to this podcast has not seen, has bought in. Has rented at a blockbuster, has 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 bought at one point or another. I want to make a point about these eighty-five movies because the three of them, what we mentioned, Goonies, Back to the Future, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure, all have something in common. A, they're awesome. B, they all have machines in them that do things. Right. So Pee Wee's Big Adventure has the breakfast machine. Everybody loves the breakfast machine. In Goonies, they have the Rube Goldberg. It's a, a, those are the call. I think they're called Rube Goldberg machines, where like the ball rolls down the track and then it falls on uh, something that blows up a balloon and that scares the chicken to ba- lay the basically. Egg. OK Go videos. For our younger people who like the band OK Go, OK Go was a big fan of eight, uh, 85 movies. Right. And so the, the, so they had a machine in Goonies to open the gate of the house. And then in uh, Back to the Future, less Rube Goldberg, but still a machine that did something. At the beginning of the movie, we see in Doc's laboratory uh, a robotic arm that on a buzzer or on a timer uh, op- you know, uh, operates a chute that releases the cal can dog food right. and then a robotic arm brings it over to the can opener and then brings it back and then twists and then dumps it into a plate for the dog that wasn't there. And in Breakfast Club, Emilio Estevez was in detention for his being part of the wrestling team that duct taped some guy's ass to get. Not that no, well, that's it, you know. Is that, you know. I think that's like a human centipede. Oh. So, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um... Okay, so Goonies, here's the fun thing. It's like, as the movie started, and I went in knowing nothing. I know nothing! Nothing! Go ahead. That's a Schilt reference from Hogan's Hero. Hogan. Hogan. Anyways, uh, I did it. I knew so nothing about this movie. And the credits come up. 
Which, in my day, (laughs) I'm not doing it because I can't. In my day, they had credits at the end of movies to show you who produced and acted and starred in the movie. In movies weren't called movies in my day. They were called moving pictures or what we call them, just pictures. Over. (laughs) Uh, But in the opening credits, Richard Donner came up, and I'm like, oh, man. So this is 85, and I'm thinking, okay, Superman, 79, 80. I mean, he, you know, that's how I had known him for being the guy who directed 75, 80% of those two movies before he was was canned off them. So you're getting through the movies. Oh, by the way, I should say it, I should say it now. This is a spoiler-laden Goonies review. So if you haven't seen Goonies right. uh, from 1985... Then you're 12. <laughs> and you shouldn't be listening to our podcast, because we say words like fuck. Yeah, and seriously. And ta- duct-taping an asshole. Uh, right. Uh, I, I, and uh, boobies. We don't say that a lot, but we should. Right. Um, anyways, it was it was interesting that the sloth character that Joe thought was a real person who finally got the role. Now, think about it. The throw mama through the train lady or the sloth guy? Mm, yeah, plausible that that guy was a real actor that looked like that. Uh, Get to the pernt, huh? He, uh, in the big hero scene where he comes to save the kids and he rips off his t-shirt, he rips off his shirt underneath it, he's wearing a Superman shirt. And then they play the Superman theme. And I'm like, that's great. I mean, Donner gets fired just a few years ago off of probably the biggest movie of his life, and he still pays homage to the Superman character. Right. So, um, and a fun tidbit um, that uh, I learned about Goonies uh, after the fact at the end, where the uh, where Data is interviewed by the news reporter, they ask him what you know what they saw, and he said the octopus was scary. Yes, yes, and I, and and I was like, wait, I'm trying to think. It's like, no, I'm not really a drinker anymore. <laughs> I have the kids. I don't I don't know if the nachos and the snack stands had a little like you know Bill Cosby in them, but I I don't. I'm like, did I? blank out on this? No, you did not, because it was a deleted scene. Right. They actually did film a scene, an underwater scene with an octopus in the the climax of the movie where they discover the pirate ship and they're all in the water. Uh, so there was, a, uh, there was an octopus, uh, but we didn't see it. So it was not fake news. Uh, it was real. The, uh, the fun facts for me the, um, is the at the end of the movie, the kids are coming, you know, coming out of this underground cave, um, which I believe most caves are underground. And uh, no, you know, there's some uh, there's some above ground caves. All caves matter, dude. All caves matter. Thank you. <laughs> and he uh, and there's two. It's a coastal. It's a coastal town, and there's two patrol people on ATVs. Two officers. One of them is Donner. And then the all the you know, and then they, they see the kids, and then there it cuts to the scene where all the you know all the rescue people are there. The news truck shows up, and all the parents, actually the kids' parents, and the crowd that comes to see them and stuff like that, crew members. Oh wow! So and by the way, the the parents of Chunk, Chunk is dressed just like his dad, and his sister Chunk's sister is dressed just like her mom. And it, it, it was fun when you read that. Um, and all one other thing, Chris Columbus wrote the movie with, based on a story by Steven Spielberg. Uh, and then there was a little Chris Columbus tie-in when the when Chunk's calling the police uh, to report on the Fratellis, and ch- they, the police think that Chunk is lying. And the police officer says to Chunk over the phone, "Is this like the time 
when you called and said to look out for those monsters yes. that multiply with yes. water. Yes, that was that with the gremlins. Call and of back course, up. Chris Columbus wrote and direct the, the gremlins. And there was so so you got the gremlin thing, you got the Superman thing. That was funny. Uh, that was really great. I, I mean, that that's the kind of crap that I like. I. I uh, the, the, again, uh, reading a little bit more about it this morning, it's, they didn't show the kids the set of of the of the uh, pirate ship. They wanted their first like initial reaction. So that was almost like what they did in Willy Wonka. They did the same thing with the chocolate room. When you first walk into the chocolate room, when the kids walk into the chocolate room, the actors had not seen the set. So they they got their initial reaction, which is great. Yeah. Um, but they did the same with Goonies. They had a model. They had a model of the ship that had a little hidden R two D two on it that I was reading. Oh wow! Um, One Eye Willie, which again I'm going to get back. By to the, the way, uh, is also I think a category on you porn. One Eye. <laughs> well, Willie. that's what I was going to say. It's like <laughs> so. I'm watching the movie. Oh, did I step on the joke? No, 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 no. My, my, my little guy. So like, I, you know, I made a bed out of the. Your the, little guy, One Eye Willie. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Shut up. My offspring who were watching the movie, I made a bed out of the back of the SUV, so they were in there. I'm sitting next to Joe, his kid, his kids, and his wife were to his left, and it was funny with Mister Sand Theater. But it's like, really, one eye Willie was it? Was that not? Was that not a, a big Ben? Right. Uh, you know, did nobody say, "Hey, that kind of"? I a think penis they did that reference. on purpose. The I almost said the guy who played one eye Willie when they find the skeleton of the pirate, and I don't understand this. Uh, an actual human skeleton. Holy crap. Like, like what? You know, and I've seen that in other movies. It's like, you know, when you do the, um, there, when you do, when you have no life and you do Pirates of the Caribbean at Disneyland in California over 200 times, and then you find out that the, the main skeleton as you come around who's laying on the bed is an actual human skeleton. It's like, uh, I have uh, cool. I have questions about the circumstances in which they find One-Eyed Willie. So he's dead, obviously. His skeleton is at the table where all of his gold is. He's in his pirate ship. Gold. <laughs> um, did he, what, have like a heart attack? Or did he just sort of sit there and waited to die? Well, he was, and that's the whole thing, he was surrounded by like his Others. crew. Right. Like was there a, a Around a dinner what, table. What, did they, did, were they gassed by something? Did, uh, yeah. they, did they all have the fish? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a reference to, uh, that is a reference to, no, no, no. You might think it's a reference to Airplane. However, it's a reference to Zero Hour, an upcoming sideshow. You're welcome in advance. Uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. Uh you, you know my 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 favorite mystery science theater you know moment when Joe and I and I'm going to tell everybody how historical I am now. Um, the chunk character when they get cornered by the the bad guys to throw Mama through the train lady. He has a mouthful of jewels that he keeps spitting out one at a time. Oh, so that like, was uh, Corey Feldman. Oh, it's Corey Feldman. It's like Mouth. okay, what else do you have? And he un- he has a string of pearls that he comes out that he hands her. And I looked at Joe. I'm like, did he just give her a pearl necklace? Hey-o. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, but it was. Uh, I I still don't know how I m- completely missed that in '85, except. I mean, I probably saw twenty other movies on that. You, it, it might it have was been a ju- kid it, movie. It was a kid movie that was probably just below your age group at the time. Like you were a teenager, and this was kind of like a tweenish kind of. I, I mean, I, I, I mean, like I said, I was playing a lot of hockey at that point. I actually saw boobies in person. Uh, yeah, from a willing source, I might add. You know, or, or semi-willing. I was a big Cosby fan. Things are blurry from that era, uh, but that was great. But then. The piece de resistance. 
the reason we went there in the first place is, you know, it, Joe's birthday party was last weekend, and my my gift to him was like, his, his jam, his, is it your favorite movie? Yeah. It's the number one movie, is Back to the Future. And to see any time, and I, I love this shit, when you get to see one of those movies on a big screen, it's just fun. And it's fun to see it. The the people sitting who, who we never interacted to except to say hello who were in the car to our right, laughing and saying the lines like you know we were. It was a really fun atmosphere. It was very like much a communal a communal thing. I, I did one of these sort of big screen viewings of Back to the Future years ago when they ran the trilogy uh, in Harvard Square one year. I went with Jenna and and, and Connor at the time too, um, and uh, you know it got to the point where like. When he went back in time, I st- I didn't st- stand up, but I cheered, and then got the whole audience to sort of applaud at the same time. So that's that's sort of like the experience that you can get with a bunch of other Back to the Future fans that you can't normally get at home, just sitting there watching it in your underwear. I mean, it, 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 it's great. I mean, Joe is a great dad in the relationship no. he has with his kids. Fake is great. news. But, but his oldest son, um, the two of them, and we talked about this last week, are part of the Back to the Future uh, project through the... Crowdsourced th- Boston. Yeah, they're reenacting and recreating a couple of scenes. And then uh, so Arlington... Community media, the local public access station, is doing a couple of scenes. I did. We filmed one, and then we're doing another. There was another scene. I don't know if they want to divulge all the information, but I'll just say that Connor got to play Marty McFly, um, which was great for him because he didn't know he was going to be playing him when he showed up to volunteer. He thought he was just going to be doing audio. Actually, when Joe and I went to do it, they had pit. They said, "Oh, it's already cast. We're using a dog." Yeah, do and that was sort of a joke thing, and I think I maybe took it a little too literally, or uh, they just didn't have anybody in mind yet. But uh, but yeah, his his kid is great, and but it was it was it was fun. And again, like we said at the top of the show, oh, you know, we are going to post because I thought I brought it with me. The 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 people who brought the DeLorean. Who brought the props? Who took all the pictures? Who had all the stuff from? And off the top of my head, I think I'm going to get this right. I think it's 88 MPH. Oh, uh, it's the Team Fox Foundation. It's a uh, Michael J. Fox. You talk. Oh, but well, well, they were fundraising. But the group that brings it, they have a website. They do other appearances. They always do appearances for. You know, I feel really bad because I told them I, I we, we would give them a shout on the podcast. We will definitely. Post a link to their um, th- their page on all our social media outlets. They were really, really great. Uh, they didn't rush you through. They didn't like, all right, sit down. Here's a prop. Take a picture. Next. It was a real fun. Joe's family took pictures with the stuff. Uh, me and my little half-breeds took pictures with the stuff. And then Joe and I, because... Right, of course, for publicity. It's Joe and I. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, we took pictures with the stuff. The people were great. They do this all the time. It was it was really fun. And it was actually kind of a surprise because I knew going in that they were going to... They, they advertised, you know, see vehicles from the movie. So we get to the snack... Right. We get to the snack jo- shop. Joe's going to tell you... How, although we both wear glasses, we're still <laughs> legally blind. Right. So we walk up to where the snack shack is, and right outside the fence, there's a DeLorean. That's the first thing you see is a DeLorean. But it's a regular DeLorean. It's just like a non-modified DeLorean from 1980-whatever. One. Now, now, however, it was cool. 
in the car. They have the sports almanac. They had the like hoverboard. 1985 19, to 2000. It was the 1950 to 2000 sports, sports almanac. almanac. Then they had the, uh, the the video camera in the in the passenger seat, and then they had the hoverboard. And, and, we, and, we, and we took pictures, and we're like, oh, this is cool. This is not what I... Right. Okay. You know, like a little false advertising. We, we we live in you know we lived in Joe lived in Hollywood. I lived there forever. We're used to we're used to being in an environment where you forget you're not in this this world. They create the whole thing around you. So we were a little disappointed. Yeah. So we and then we say, okay, let's go get something to eat. We walk up to the gate and I go, oh oh, and I look over the gate and I see, oh look, they have the uh, actual. Um, uh, vehicles and jeeps from Jurassic Park. Let's take a look. Well, 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 first, when we're looking at the DeLorean, I'm saying to Joe, couldn't they have put a flux capacitor in there? I mean, <laughs> I'm like, how much would it cost? A couple LED lights, you know, a, a, a little box. I mean, it wouldn't take much. I mean, yeah, you don't have to pimp the whole thing out, but you, the Almanac camera's not, but you could have done a little, little effort. A little, little effort. Little, yeah, a little something for the, uh, for the aggravation. But then, behind the jeeps, of course, is the piece de resistance. Like, oh, shit! fucking DeLorean, and it's got a flux capacitor and time circuits and a readout that tells you where you're going and where you are and where you were. uh, uh, Steam comes out of the back of it. Uh, Right, that was a big surprise. We're standing in line, and all of a sudden you hear... Right, and then I said, a nice one, Jacques. But then it turned out it wasn't him. It was actually steam that came out of the... the it was both. Right. No, the, the, Timing! Way to mask it. You're right. Blame it on the DeLorean. I see. So, <laughs> But it was great. We got to take pictures. And also, they had also, to top it off, they had the generic sort of cardboard cutouts with really good artwork, by the way. Uh, not cardboard cutouts, but the, 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 the face holes yep. where you can take your picture with uh, yourself as... Um, uh, Wonder Woman and um, Superman. Superman was one, and then it was a Captain America. But again, we will be posting pictures of all that on all our social media. But it was a really fun night. Um, you know, we're, we're we're going to do a few Back to the Future podcasts. Uh, you know, we, we we got a lot of things. Which I mean, look, that's his jam. It, 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 it's in my top probably 25. So, yeah, we will do a lot. It was great. A shout out to the people. And again, I apologize for linking on their website now. We will post it. They, they were just really so hospitable. They were great to the boys. It was a really fun, fun evening. And there was no cover charge either. We just It was for free. Right, right. They had a jar. If you want to make a donation, great. Here you go. And you could buy like out of time license plates and stuff like that. And not crazy. No. Not like. It's like 20 bucks. Right. You're going to pay that anyway. If so I didn't have, great. if I had the cash on me, I would have bought. Um, I would have bought a license plate, and I would have put it on my Back to the Future shelf, which I do have. It's a real thing. Shelves with an S. <laughs> Throw it in there. Uh, all right. You know, that was fun. I recommend it. I'm going back to the drive-in uh, tonight. and uh, I'll, Better hurry your ass up. I'll end with a, uh, a parenting tip of the week, and it's like, take your kid to the drive-in. It was really a lot of fun. Well, wait, and we also have to shoehorn in a... Um, Video game review. Do you want to? Okay, great. We're going to shoehorn in a video game review before we wrap up. What the hell? We're over an hour. Just do it. Uh, you know, got to keep the streak alive. You know, I'm going for the 57 games uh, streak. So, anyways, here goes Jacques going for another Nintendo Entertainment System game for me to review. He pulled one off the shelf. It's in the S's. And I'm going to guess. Spy vs. Spy. We go one more. Mm, Spelunker. I don't know. Oh, Star Tropics. This is a fun game. 
Uh, it's, it's very much... It's kind of like a Zelda-esque kind of game. It's kind of a top-down game. You play this uh, kid who has to find his uncle on an island um, who apparently gets kidnapped or something. But you, the locals are helping you try to find him by giving you clues. And you have to just sort of explore this little island. Um, you go into caves. It, it's kind of... It's a very kind of condensed game. It's not very... It's not as broad as, say, The Legend of Zelda. But um, you get to... You know, you fight bosses. Uh, there's hidden places. There's a little bit of leveling up of your character. Um, but what's fun, though, is that uh, it came with... Um, what they used to call feelies. Um, video games and, and computer games in general had also come with sort of copy protection things. And I don't know why Nintendo would do this, but whatever the hell. It came with a letter from your uncle. Um, and you need this letter in order to, to advance in the game because there's a point in the game in which you reach a spot where you have to type in a number that is hidden in the letter. And the only way to reveal the code is to dip the letter that came with the game in water. So, so you had this originally in the box, or no, no, no. I mean, thanks to the internet, you can sort of. Oh, okay, you know, okay. You can get the code now. It's on the internet. Um, so it was it, the same code for every game. Yeah, right, okay. right, right. It's not just for per game, right? So it was like the same four-digit code, but it was just like a cool little interactive that thing. Is. But um, and then and then when they re-released it for the virtual console for the Wii, when they really re-released the game, there it comes with like a little. Instead of a regular letter, it comes with like a, a file or an icon or something where you click the letter and, and you know it gives you the code. But um, you know it's a fun little game. I haven't beaten it yet. It is difficult. There is a little bit of a difficulty level to it. But uh, I would give this um, I would give this a uh, a six or a seven out of ten. That's pretty. And, and, and so you haven't completed it. No. Uh, I have not, but you can save your spit. You can save your spot like you can in like the Legend of Zelda, where you don't have to put in a password or you can, it's not like one sitting. But uh, so I can go back to it if I want to. But it was a um, later release, like you know, maybe like I think it was, was nineteen ninety. I forget. You did that. That and this know. and this is where I'm I'm in awe and a little scared when he takes when a, a game comes off a shelf and he knows the release. <laughs> well, right, because it well, was released in nineteen ninety. And I'm also a fan of YouTube videos and um, YouTube guys who do videos on Nintendo Entertainment System games and the one game guy the one video guy that I like to watch a lot is the the gaming historian his name is Norm Caruso. Uh so, you know that's not my jam. I enjoy it when I see it. Joe has actually sent me a couple links from this dude. Recommend. Yeah, Recommend. Like he's, he's it's like a, good. It's, it's a, good. He's a real like kind of historian but he, like he likes video games so he kind of blends the two together. But he did a video on this and that's how I know all these little tidbits. So basically I'm I'm parroting everything I heard. He, that's like my Fox News. Like uh, <laughs> anything uh, that comes from this guy is like yes, I must uh, parrot. Whereas every bit of patriot information is for me going down to training camp uh, talking. No, but uh but okay, so you didn't finish it. How much have we played it? I mean, it was one of those things where it takes days to beat, is it? Yeah, I would say so, because, like, you know, it depends on how good you are. You know, I would say it takes several days. Like, I, I, if I sat down and really hunkered down and, like, you know, if I had been stricken with something where I couldn't leave my bed or, or, my, or my basement or my wife. for those fucking kids in the job? Right, exactly. Seriously. God, damn it. The, damn you, 40s. Um <laughs> No, yeah, it takes a, takes a couple of days to beat, and, uh, and as far as price goes, card only. I'm gonna say, you know, this is a pretty decent game. I'm gonna say, um, did you look it up? I did. Oh, I'm gonna say, uh, 
Uh, $15. Yeah, I'm seeing it right around like the $12, $14 mark. All right, which good. is which, Now, how long, where did you get it? I, f- I think I just picked it up with like a bunch of other games. I forget. And then, yeah, I mean, I honestly don't know. I think I picked it up with like a lot of games years yeah, ago. Yeah, jo- jo- Joe will go into a place and like they'll they'll have like these bins where it's like it's X amount of game or you get three. and he, so no, he Not anymore. The, uh, no. Now it's like yeah, yards. But yards. Yeah, yards. Yeah, yeah, flea markets. And, it's crazy. But it's getting harder now. Like this shit's like. Like, people treat it like gold, thanks to the Ebays of the world. Right. Now people are, like, getting savvy. And people like you and the historian who, yeah. are, who are giving them a second win. Exactly. They're like, there's more interest in it, and they go, oh, now, uh, you know, I'm not going to sell this for a buck. I'm going to sell it for 20 bucks and see what I can get. So so we'll wrap up. Um, my parenting tip of the week was go to the drive-in. Um, a shout-out to all the people like the J.J. Watts of the world, which are things I thought I never said, who are really doing a lot of fundraising and, and for the huge and people, uh, whoever you want to make a donation to, and, and people say it, and it's completely, it's 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 completely a cliche. But if you got five bucks, if you got ten bucks, it actually matters. And I'm quite sure, again, the Flotus hat profits are probably going there. Uh, but on a happy, no, not on a happy note, but on, on an honest note, it's like you know, this is this is when it's great to see what people can and will do. So. Um, but the other thing, and please do not forget 